Good evening, everybody. This is Colin Farahani with Metal Talk TV. We're back today with a new episode talking to a legend amongst legends. Oh, come on. Let's go. This is How are you, sir? I'm, I'm good. Stop with the legend shit. <laughs> I ain't no fucking legend, man. Jimmy Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen was a legend. Man. He was, but you know, you're in that. I, for me, in that. Thank point, you, but okay. I mean, no, let's. <laughs> you don't have to do all that. Thanks. No, that is true. But I, I mean, there's ways so much we gotta. I want to talk about. Hopefully, we cover. But I guess we first of all we gotta start with your new record. Thanks. Which is, I found the sun again, and it's coming out next month. I've been very, very lucky. I've heard it. And I think it's really an inspiring record. Thank you, man. And I mean, you, you metal guys, I don't know, like, you know, I never felt, I mean, I'm a rocker, man. I always have yeah. been, but you know, my band has confused people. You know, sometimes we'll fucking do something heavy or prog yeah. and then all of a sudden we'll do a sappy ballad or something like that. You yeah. know? So it's like, you know, you lose half the oh, says, oh, those guys don't rock, they suck. Uh, you know, and we've had to take that our whole career, you know, yeah. because we like different music. I can listen to fucking Slipknot and the Carpenters in the same day and not be <laughs> weirded out by it, you know. But yeah. other people can't hang with that. They have a specific genre of music they love and that's it, you know, and that's cool. But I just had, as a studio musician, you know, I had to be yeah. prepared for anything. So my ears... Who had to tune into whatever we're doing, whether it's Barbara Streisand or Cheap Trick or fucking Miles Davis, you know? Mm -hmm. so, I mean, hold on a second. Let me lose this shit. It's a robo fucking call. <laughs> I, have oh, a I have a regular phone in my house because I run to the computer shit. So I, the only time this thing fucking rings is either if it, for an interview or if a <laughs> robo calls trying to sell me carpet or something like that. Uh, I remember. So, it's mad. I rem yeah. I remember an old um, a clip I saw, I can't remember what film it was, but it was Ray Charles talking about his recording. And he said, for me, there's two music, good and music, bad music, that's it. And well, I always thought- You have to look at one. it. I mean, like, if you hear a great bluegrass picker, what are you gonna say? Yeah. You know I mean? I'm, I'm enthralled by virtuosos in every kind of music from classical to polka, you know? Yeah, that guy can play, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can even if you don't like the music. I've been in restaurants where you hear these fucking balalaika players or something. Yeah. You go, this guy's shredding. He's fucking unbelievable musician, you know. Yeah. And you go, and these guys are making fucking thirty bucks a night for their life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, Absolutely. You just go the, the virtuosity of some like Romanian musicians and stuff. It's this is insane. It's amazing. But I was going to ask you about your new record because it's you cut it all live. And first of all, that's something that you don't see anymore these days. And it's well, so that's refreshing. Yeah. It's I so mean, refreshing. Thanks. Yeah. But I wanted to do something different. Everybody makes the same record now. They all sound alike. Yeah. And the idea was to hire the right guys and no rehearsals, no click tracks, no demos, no pro yeah. tools, no line it up. I wanted to get a real performance. I wanted to see if I still had it in me. I those solos are keepers. That's what I played on the fucking mm -hmm. day. After we'd get the take, I'd maybe double a guitar part or add a couple of acoustics and shit. But we did, and then I do the lead vocal at night. And we did that for eight days in a row and the record was done. And then we mixed it. That's the way to do it. That's absolutely amazing. Right? And, and and like no cheating. Yeah. No going back, well, let's you know, can I move this or can I do no man? You can't. If I rush or I play a little bit sharp or something i kept it because if you listen to old jazz records i mean miles davis squeaked the horn once in a while yeah culture did you know what i mean jimmy hendrix didn't always play perfect but it was so fucking soulful get back no human beings aren't perfect now we live in this world where everybody's doing their face and 
music has to be there's no rough edges there's nothing they used to say that we were slick are you kidding me we're like we were the sex yeah. pistols compared on what's going on now <laughs> well now it's so bad it's like i was going to ask you actually later on because i mean forget pop music and whatever's going on now i don't even you know we can even just brush that away from not being music but well you know, it is what it is you know it's, it it's is a, yeah background noise for for multitasking yeah <laughs> but it's like i was i was listening to some especially some of the yeah, country newer country guys and rock bands and it's like they're using more auto-tune than i've ever heard in any record disco record or whatever in the well, 80s it well, just you have didn't... to understand something that's just the way people make records now put it yeah. on the grid put it this tune this had they have a special engineer who does nothing but tune everything so if everything's out, if everything's perfectly in tune then nothing's in tune it's like out of phase yeah if there's no it's like Keith Richards saying, you know, rock and roll is, or Ringo and these guys, the whole thing about what made rock and roll interesting in the first place was you had half the band playing straight eighth notes and you had the other half playing jazz dotted, yeah. you know, dotted quarter eighth notes. Yeah. Play that together. And that was the rock and roll. And that was that sloppy, yeah. wonderful interplay that made those records swing. And now if everything's it kills it. It just kills it. A rubber doll, man. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> okay, maybe it sounds big and huge, but like, and then has some amazing shredding going over it or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's just different than people make records different now. I'm an old guy. They're going to go, oh, he's just an old bastard. Yeah. Fuck him. He doesn't know how to do it. I had to learn, like, when I was 19 years old, I was playing with the big boys and I had to bring it every fucking day. So yeah. that's how we made records. Here's the fucking chart. We're going to run it through and then we're going to record. So it wasn't alien. All the guys in the, that played on the record came from that same era. Yeah. And can do it. Yeah. So well, that's I what I wanted to do. A record from the early 70s, but in 2020. Well, no I'm, cheating allowed. I'm so glad you did it, to be honest, because it sounds well, fantastic. For me, I wanted, you know, like, I'm not trying to fucking write a pop thing. So yeah. Moment, yeah, me and Cardi B are doing a duet together. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know, it's just like if I it's just like getting caught wearing my grandmother's clothes, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> that ain't gonna work, you know? Yeah. It's like garlic and chocolate, you know? Oh. You don't put them together. <laughs> That's the way. Well, I was gonna ask you did um it's five originals and three covers. Yeah, the covers I gonna... I did first because that wanted to set the tone for the kind of music I wanted to write. And the kind of playing that it, I wanted to guys, we're gonna go back and do it. That shit was all cut live. Those solos yeah. were live, man. They, nobody's overdubbing and comping and fixing and tweaking and moving. It's the real deal. You know, there's so many things you can do to fix. You can make an album with your dog. <laughs> you can. And you auto tune it. Walk and bark, and then you can tune <laughs> the, the thing, and you could fucking write a song with a melody with a dog barking, perfectly yeah. in tune. So uh, that says all you need to say. I'm, I'm sure that's going to win the Grammy yeah, next year. These motherfuckers in a room with a band, can they fucking all play together and make it sound like music mm. all at the same time, make a performance? They figure it out live afterwards. They have yeah. to figure out how to pull it off live afterwards. Kind of like we did on our first record that we overproduced. Like, how are we going to perform this shit live? We had to bring in ringers and take extra guys on the road to sing and play percussion and shit. You know, so, you know, we figured out a long time ago we yeah. paint our into corners every time we make a record because we make these big produced records. Was that the first Toto record? Yeah. Damn. Carried on through our whole career. We just said, fuck it. We're gonna that's what we do. 
And then we'd figure out a way to play it live or bring other players along, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, what am I, I can't really pick a favorite, but listening to you do the traffic song, that High Heel Boys, that was just incredible. That's one of my, actually, that's one of my favorites on the record yeah. because it was everything that I wanted to capture, that was the yeah. point of doing the record. I used that song as a, as a, you know, sonic test. Yeah. How to, how to make, these guys did it live, man, you know? They may have done a, the overdub, the this and that, but I mean, it was basically live. And I wanted to capture that because those are the guys and musicians that I looked up to. Yeah. If, if I can't do that, I'm not a real musician. Yeah. Even at 63 years old, doing my whole life, there's still new. I wanted to put a new challenge in front of myself and go, Yeah. Well, I want to do this. This is kind of a vanity record. So, like, I mean, you know, I'm not expecting to sell millions of copies, you know, but it seems to people seem to like it because of the yeah. same reason. Like, I haven't heard a record like this in years. And the only reason why is because we actually really did it for real. And nobody does that. I think people can tell the difference, right? That's why it strikes your ears. Well, like this sounds sure genuine. Musicians can, but like yeah. the non-musician will go, well, I like this, but I don't know what is I don't know why. Thing? Yeah. Because they grew up listening to computerized music their whole life. Yeah. yeah. That's the way it is. My son makes produces records and he makes some big bombastic fucking huge produced records. <laughs> and like, you know, I go, yeah, man, I see where you get that from. Yeah. I go, but he can pull it off live. That's the difference. His band can play it live. Yeah. The singer's incredible. I mean, they they opened for us on the last total European tour uh, for a bunch of dates, and uh, nobody knew their music, and they had the crowd on their fucking standing ovations every fucking night. Wow. They are that good. And now they made a record. It's coming out. band's called Lavara. Uh -huh. And they're, they're on Mascot, too. And uh, that's ironic. Me and my son are on the same label. That's uh, terrific. And uh, you'll be hearing from them, and that's music that you'll dig because it's heavier yeah. shit, but it's melodic heavy. No, I dig, I dig it all. To be honest, I was listening. I mean, I was going back through some of your catalog because it would take me, you know, a couple of weeks to go through everything. Oh, I know some of it. Yeah. I couldn't do that myself. You know, but uh, for those who don't know, I'm sure everyone watching basically knows. But besides being the, well, people are watching, okay, this is non-alcoholic beer. Right, and this is tea. Beer. We're we're fine. You know, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. It's fucking you know. I, mean, I do. Yep. Damn. Every day I practice. That's when I play the guitar in my office. Do you still and practice every day? Not every day, man. This fucking thing is the motivation to pick anything up at this point is like, oh, this has really That's been a sad one. time for musicians, man, especially. Yeah. For those of us that have been working for 45 years, it's really yeah. a strange new way of life. I mean, I love I love being home. It's fucking great. Sleep in my bed. I have a normal, I have a woman of unbelievably, I'm I'm in desperately in love with who's cooks for me genius meals from scratch from our garden and all kind of shit. You know, I'm, so I'm living a very simple, humble life and trying not to get sick because I have yeah. a lot at stake if that was to happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is, I'm praying for the sun to come back out. The sun came out for me when I met her. That's what the song's about. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was living in a real dark part with the end, the end of the last version of Toto and the lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was at an all time low. I was going through the, you know, another divorce with, you know, my son's autistic and everything just seemed to pile on. Yeah. And, uh, and here we are, you know. <laughs> Thank God. everybody wait. everybody has a much harder life than me i understand that so everybody's going fuck you you lucky bastard no. well you know everybody's life, everybody's got struggles everybody's like, life has the yeah you know 
is just because I've been doing this for 45 years and had success and I'm smart enough to save some money does not mean that I don't fucking pay dues every day emotionally like everybody else. Yeah. I can't leave. I can't go anywhere. Yep. I mean, I, I miss hugging my friends. I miss having lunch. All my favorite restaurants are going out of business. You know what I mean? It's, it's I'm watching people lose it all. It's fucking horrible. It's so sad. Are you hoping that, I mean, I don't know, to be honest, where the light is at the end of that, but hopefully. Well, I don't think it's going to come out until 2022. You think? I mean, we had a tour on the books for late summer. It's, just, it's too soon. Shit. I hope in the tour start, that when. Next time you want to be in a room with 10,000 other people. Yeah. It's going to be a while before anybody fucking really trusts the vaccine. It's going to, you know, so our business comes back last. Yeah. So I got to hang on and, you know, weather the storm. Because I will fucking come back horny or ever to play and make bring the most amazing fucking band I, and we're gonna fucking kick ass. That's it. That's and we'll it. make some new music if that's all we get to do. Then we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That's what we all have to do every time we wake up in these days. Well, it's a yeah. new day. Well, how are we gonna get through this one? We'll figure. What it horrible out. news are we get today? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I turn on every TV. I don't fucking. I read the morning news and I keep up with what's going on mm. the, the political shit is such a nightmare i just uh, it's unfathomable you know at least we got a new guy thank god <laughs> here's hoping i gotta be careful because now people oh you fucking yeah. I'm, not, I'm an independent i've always voted either way depending on who the man is yeah, yeah. i don't like For sorry sure. i really like the man yeah yeah definitely no, I it's can like, understand that. Like, I mean, your gardener, you know, performed brain surgery. I mean, it's like, you know, you're not qualified, pal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sixth grade civics test, and we'll talk. <laughs> definitely. Well, I was going to ask you, um, going through your back through your amazing photography, there's just so many points I wanted to touch on. But I thought, if it was cool with you, what I would do is name an artist and an album that you sessioned on and you okay. just shoot whatever you remember from that album and the stories, whatever. Okay. Okay. So first one I liked, which is one of my favorite songs actually, um, Stand Back, Stevie Nicks. And oh, I didn't know you were playing on that record. Yeah, well, no, I, I am. Um, what happened was they had made the record. I didn't know it was Prince playing on it. You know, I had actually yeah. worked with him when I was a kid. I didn't know who really? the fuck he was before he was, before he was famous, you know? Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, he gave her the song, didn't he? Shit. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh. um, where were Stevie Nicks? Oh, yeah, yeah they yeah. had the whole track done. They were looking for somebody to play like a Billy Jean part. Yeah. So they actually hired David Williams, who played that part, rest his soul. Yeah. And they didn't like what he played. They got Dean Parks in to do something. And they did, and they, they were like, they're not quite there yet. So really? I calls, he goes, Hey yeah. man, you know, you know, I'm looking for this thing. I think you can do this. And I go, well, okay, I'll come down and give it a go. So I walked in, Shelly Yakis, the engineer, yeah. and I had worked together because I'd done a Stevie Nicks record before that. Yeah. I did a bunch of stuff for Jimmy Iovine at that time. <clears throat> and they said, we're looking for stand back kind of thing. And I heard, we need that, something to bounce over that. And I go, yeah, Billy Jean. I go, I got, okay. I said, let's plug in DI, use this compressor, do this, blah, blah, blah. I said, you didn't like with David Williams? He goes, it just wasn't right. And I said, okay, well, let me try something. And they ran the tape and that whole take was one take. And they, 
And, and, and I said, and they said, that's perfect. Jimmy Iovine puts his head in around the corner. He goes, that's great, man. What do you want to eat? I was out of there in five minutes, you know? Wow. Yeah, no, actually, I stayed over and I, and I overdubbed a couple of single line yeah. solo things in the middle. Waddy Wachtel played the slide shit. Oh, that was already, Waddy's, that was already Waddy's one of my dear friends. I, he's, I love him. Uh, so I heard that and I said, oh, well, let me do something against that, you know? Yeah. So they dug what I did there. I was out of there in a fucking half hour. I didn't even get to eat. <laughs> he still owes you a pizza. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I got the next one I was going to pick was um, mid 80s, Eric Clapton, Forever Man. And again, well, I didn't I thought, know you were playing I, that funky rhythm behind that. Well, there's not funky rhythm, really. I played, I, that was the only session I was ever nervous on because fucking Eric, I talked my way onto that session because I heard Jeff and Jeff was on. I'm like, I Just called him on yeah. contract. I knew that I'd worked with Teddy Templeman and yeah. Lenny Warnaker a bunch of times, you know? Yeah, yeah. I said, fucking Eric Clapton, one of my all time heroes. I want to play. I'll play for free. I'll play rhythm. I'll sit in the corner. And, and I got a call back. So well, we called Eric and he said, yeah, have him come down. Yeah. And I saw so the first time I met him, I was like, uh, uh, you know, how many how many years did I lift up the needle trying yeah. to learn the solo crossroads and shit like that when I was yeah. a kid? Um, and he was so gracious and nice to me. And um, I kind of like, I don't know what to play. Fuck. We jammed around a little bit. He was very enamored with my Bradshaw rig because oh, it was that era. Yeah, it was yeah. that era. So he, I said, well, where you play it? And he, he started messing around. He goes, wow, this is really, and he ended up buying one. And he just did his own thing with it. But I mean, you know, and now, you know, we neither want to, you know, Bob makes some incredible stuff. I mean, but yeah. I've gone back to a little bit more, just a couple of pedals on the ground play. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just became very expensive to haul this shit around. And, and sometimes on the road, it, it would get a little moody and not work right and shit. And I'm yeah, yeah. nervous and stuff. Uh, and that's only just because you're not, you, know, you take the shit around on the back of a truck and there's all these. You're kicking you know, it out. Yeah. Anything can happen. One little thing comes unplugged that fucking your whole thing goes fucked. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, I was down in Zoo New Zealand and it all messed up on mm -hmm. this. That's, um, and there was nobody that could help me. So yeah. I had to plug straight into a fucking amp and play. With, with on G three, with with fucking Satriani and vibe, and vibe. Oh, great. Fuck about flying without a net. Um, and How then I just, I put a couple pedals on the ground. You know, I got yeah, overdrive, yeah. a little delay that I put in the loop, and that was it. And I did the whole tour like that. So I played, and I had to rise to the occasion because you know playing with Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. I mean, it doesn't get any better than those motherfuckers. And they're my dear friends, and I'm big fans of theirs. And I think they had me along for the laughs or something like that. <laughs> no. uh, I, I, did, I did Mexico and Australia with them, and it was a great honor to say that I was a G once. But, yeah, you know, um, you know, everybody that's been a G is like, it's like being invited into the All-Star Super Bowl team or something. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, the best wow. the best. You know, I mean, I got invited. To, I got I was invited by Joe. And Vi wanted me to do it. And, you know, we're all dear friends. I mean, I've seen well, Steve before it got serious. Vi came mm. by, his wife came over for dinner. We hung out. He actually gave me this bracelet. Man. Good luck. Oh, when I saw the G's, we when I saw them. For a long time, you know. Yeah. They're killer players. When I saw when I saw G3 in London, it was Satriani, Uli Roth, and ah. Petrucci. Wow, that must have been interesting. It was great. And just this proggy shred, you know, it just has yeah. some magic. I hope they do it again at some point. Well, you know, he always pulls it out now and then, you know? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I haven't talked to Joe recently, but we've been back and forth on texting a little bit. You know? Yeah. The next one that I didn't, again, another one I didn't know from the mid 80s was that you and 
uh, I think he, basically most of Toto was doing Joe Cocker's Civilized Man, the yeah. first half of the record. It's yeah. you guys. Yeah. I mean, Gary Katz produced it. Jeff was always working with Gary on Steely Dan and stuff. Yeah. And I got, the, and you know, they called us to play. And it's a Joe Cocker. Are you kidding me? One of the greatest of all. And Gene with Joe was lovely. He yeah. was very, very, very quiet. And was he all right? He was at the time, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. With us anymore. So I guess he's, you know, he's all right well, where he is. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I think but, that was when he got uh, sober. It's a great honor to work with somebody that I admired so much. And he would yeah. sing live in the phones. Yeah. He was singing live on the tracking date. So it was fucking, it was great. Wow. I would have loved to have seen him. I mean, that's such a great record, too. Oh, thank uh, you. No, my pleasure. And uh, let me see. I mean, yeah, I did a great job. I was lucky to play on it, you know? No, it was terrific. I mean, the one, uh, here's one that's got two points in between. They've got a decade in between. Alice Cooper, you did, but you did, you got, you caught Alice when he was at, uh, I think, in like, well, not his creative best, was from the inside. And then you caught him at 10 years later when he was an absolute Actually, comeback. That's and a you really good record. I, I, really? Disagree. I think that's a fucking okay. great record. Is it? That, okay. It was, a real, I mean, it was a real departure for him. David yeah. Foster produced it. So you have some of those elements in it that Alice wasn't writing stuff like that. Yeah, it was less different. straight ahead rock and it infused that LA thing that we were doing at the time. Uh, <clears throat> I think I was 21 years old and I wrote songs with him and Bernie Taupin and Foster for the record. I played on all the record with Dick Wagner yeah, yeah. and Johnston and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was really, it was a great thrill for me. They really, it was one of the first big records I played on. That was like, I played a solo on the hit. There yeah. was one ballad off that record and I wrote a couple cool tunes. It wasn't the biggest or most loved Alice Cooper record. Yeah. But I mean, I was thrilled to play with somebody that like, wow, Alice fucking Cooper, this is cool. And he was the greatest guy. Turns out my my girlfriend is best friends with his wife and we've been back and forth about trying to get together. Oh, wow. But, you know, it's impossible under COVID rules at this point. Yeah, you know? hopefully. Well, and then you came back a decade later and did uh, Hell is Living Without You. On uh, Well, you know, I just happened to be around. I think we were yeah. working in the same studio at the complex. So come on down here. Come on down. That's how I got on Roger Waters' record. You know? yeah. That was the next one I was going to ask. Actually, I'm used to death. Yeah, I mean, That's I talked to them. I met Pat Leonard in the hallway. We were yeah. working on Kingdom of Desire. Yeah. And they were working on Amused to Death in the back room. And the engineer was James Guthrie, who had worked yeah, with yeah. us on the past to present stuff. And it's like, Guthrie, I want to play this fucking record. I told Pat Leonard, listen, you don't have to pay me. I just want to play. I, he goes, well, Jeff Beck's playing most of the guitars. I go, well, you know, Jeff's an old pal and my hero. I go, if there's anything rhythm part or anything you're missing, I mean, I'll roll my shit down and plug in. Yeah. So they finally asked me and I went down, I played on a couple of tunes and working with Roger and it was magic. I mean, it was just, I was such so honored. And then yeah. I get to hear the Jeff Beck shit before everybody else. I go, oh, fucking Jeff Beck. There's nobody like Jeff Beck. No one. You know, I did, you know, yeah. I did dedicate, you know, the, my new song journey through the Jeff Babco wrote for me, the instrumental on the record. Yeah. That's an, oh. Oh, you know, it's an homage to Jeff and, and all that, you know, and he's one of my all time heroes and my favorite, single note guitar player there is yeah, yeah for sure there was one that i the last one that i wasn't really familiar with and I, I haven't actually been i've never found any info about was you doing the Bee Gees that come back one of their comeback records in the 90s which was what still waters I, I worked with albie gluten you know yeah how was that a, you know albie's a real fucking microscope guy yeah, you know, yeah really wants it fucking perfect so we did 
but he was also wonderful to work with. Yeah. He was, and, and like, you know, he was very generous and, um, you know, I was honored to work on a Bee Gees record. They're fucking great. How you know? was it doing like when uh, the three of them? They weren't, they weren't around when, at the time because they lived okay. in Florida. I was doing this in yeah, LA yeah. with Albie because I worked on a Diana Ross record with him. I worked yeah, on yeah. Odd Deal soundtrack with Schwarzenegger and shit, you know. He actually gave me writer's credit on a couple of cues and stuff like that. I still yeah. get text from me. You didn't have to do that. You know, it was fun. Cheech and Chong did that for me too when I played the joke solo on the movie. They actually put me on the track. She's I make fucking, I've made like 200 grand off of the fucking session. Off of the Cheech and Chong movie. I've, yeah, I did it in 1979 or whatever. I'm still friends with those guys, you know. I love them to death. Oh, Got to nice. smoke a joint with Keith, with Cheech and Chong. I mean, come on. <laughs> I smoked a joint with Neil Diamond once. That was cool. With Neil? I didn't know Neil was hip. I mean, I love his part in The Last Waltz. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but, you know, he, Neil's a very, yeah. he, you know, I, he's an older guy now. Maybe he doesn't do that. But I was the only one. He's sparked one up and he looks, he's in the booth. <laughs> David Foster's producing and he was a bit of a tight ass with all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Neil says, let's go out back. You know, and he sparks us up and he goes, hey, man, does anybody want to hit? I'm looking around the room. Nobody's going for it. I'm going, yeah, I'll take a hit, Neil. They said, you know, we started talking. I smoked a little bit of weed. I took a couple of hits. I mean, I can still read the parts and play. I mean, I didn't get baked or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted to say I smoked a joint with Neil Diamond. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> it's a cool story. Neil was very hip. I'm a huge Diamond fan, man. Yeah. Diamond. For sure. Songwriters of all time. See, I love that kind of music. Yeah. But I can also dig, you know, heavy, heavy, dark fucking tuned down fucking heavy shit you know i love that everything all yeah. the light and shade like that's the beauty of it music okay yeah, music. yeah. that means everything yep everything that's the way everything good no auto yeah. tune good is subjective yeah you know, i try my best and some people hate the shit that i play and, and then i'm the same way and i don't love everything either i don't expect yeah yeah me i'm a flavor i'm a flavor you like the flavor you know yeah. you flavor you know what i mean you don't have to get ugly about it. It's, you know, it's everybody online, they're fucking yeah. guys. They fucking cracks me up. The people actually spend the time to set up a page just to tell me what an asshole oh, I am or, whatever, or how yeah. funny I look or whatever. It's, you know, I don't really read this shit because it's like, why? I don't want to hear how great I am. I don't want to hear how much I suck. I just want to fucking get through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I'm going to look or my son will say something. I'll look and I'll go, oh, fuck. Everybody's being, uh. nice. Everybody's being real nice except for like one guy. You know what I mean? I'll come Maybe. find you, Timmy. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, and then you go, who the fuck? Out of curiosity, who the fuck is this guy? This guy. And, they, and it sets up a page. Nothing's on it except a fake name. And you go, oh, I, I, uh, I make you so angry. You have to waste your fucking life doing that. What a pathetic soul. You know? Man, it's like, oh, okay, you have fun making fun of the way my hair looks. Oh, you think it's fake? Well, it's not. You know? It's like, you know, do you think I'm ugly or you think, oh, you look stupid or I can't talk because I've, had three teeth pulled out of my head. Everybody's always, oh, he's got the sniffles, always doing blow again. It's like, fuck yeah. you. Who at 63 years old does blow, for God's sake? I haven't had a drink in 12 years. No, I was going to say, I mean, looking, you just said all this, like, before the keyboard warriors, there were the critics who didn't know their ass and their elbow. Yeah, and we got the shit beat out of some that from I was day gonna, one. So I'm used I was to say, it. You have to learn to laugh at it, otherwise you fucking kill yourself. Yeah. Do you think that was you guys? Everybody gets haters. Man, the God.com yeah. people like how many dislikes? It's fucking hilarious, you know. <laughs> I mean, really? You know, that's where God too. Yeah, exactly. That's where your empty soul goes, boy. 
I feel sorry for people like that. But do you think it was funny, the more, the more popular Toto got in the 80s, the bigger and bigger and the more Grammys and the more everything, you still had those people who whatever magazine or coming sure. publication they were. We that just didn't get the band. That didn't get the music. When we won the Grammys in 1983, yeah, record of the year, some we'd already yeah. won. We were like going, "Are you fucking serious? Is this really happening, man? Is this like, is this a joke TV show or something?" You know. And by, at one point, we'd run out of people to thank, and David thanked yeah. Robert Hilburn, who was the the worst LA music critic, hated us one, and he was writing pieces about the Grammys. Those guys better not fucking win. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So, so David Page goes, I'd like to thank Robert Hilbert. And we got a huge laugh from the crowd. And he wrote another article. I can't believe that I, how dare they, you know what I mean? They thanked me. Uh, it was like, we just laugh at it. We go, fuck it, what are we gonna, here we are winning album of the year and we played on 50 of the albums that were up that year, okay? I won for best R&B song for George Benson, you know? Wow. Turn your love around. I wrote with Jay Graydon and Bill yeah, Taylor. Yeah. Totally different kind of music. You know, I, I we had, between Jeff and Jeff had played on the Nightfly, which was up against yeah. us. You know, which I thought that was the album to win. I mean, Jesus, that's a Desert Island favorite for me. Yeah, we didn't see this coming at all. We couldn't even believe we were nominated, let alone. Well, I wasn't even a member of Neris. I couldn't even vote for myself. We were surprised <laughs> at anybody, and then everybody really hated us. Yeah, like we didn't deserve. Well, the only reason why we won is because we know everybody in the business. Uh, it's like, oh, really, man? I couldn't even vote for myself. It's like nobody was more surprised than us. And then there was a backlash. And then our singer yeah. got busted. We had a change in the middle of the stream. So then we got that's when we got Fergie and did isolation. Yeah, yeah. Which was a great fit for a minute, but then we wore him out because Dave insisted on writing <laughs> songs with three keys too high for everybody and killed every singer we had. Yeah. Okay. I didn't actually I didn't know that's why you I thought that was like just musical chemistry, but I didn't know that was the key no, thing. Was there was a lot of he just lost his voice because he was too much too yeah, much. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, we're all not, we were all guilty of, to some degree, but I mean, you know, if I took a belt sander to my hands every day and said that I couldn't play guitar, there yeah. I'd get fired too, you know? Yeah. It's like, stop doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, okay, I can't, you know? That's the poor way. Guy, Bobby and I are still close. I mean, poor guy's got dementia, you know I mean? I, yeah. I talked to him on the phone, keep him lucid for a minute, then he goes yeah. off, I'm like, you know, I love you, buddy, you know? There's no bad blood between Bobby Kimball and me. That's no, the fucking sure. media just runs with this shit. And they love the they love a dirty laundry like Dan. I played on that one too. Yeah, the Don Henley, laundry. yeah. Yeah, so but I mean they love the dirty laundry. They want to see people fight. They want to see successful yeah. people have problems or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean? for sure. I may have smarted off and said some shit a long time ago because when, when he was using the name and there was there was friction for a while, but come on, we grow up and let go of this shit. Bobby's yeah. voice was iconic. Yeah. And hopefully you know, we'll be keeping in touch during the year um, with all of this other exciting music. It was incredible. Stuff. I was listening. I don't know it's if I can pick a favorite song from that record, <laughs> but Good For You might be one with your oh, solo that at the end. That was one we wrote together, man. That was like, you know, I was just jamming in the studio because Dave was late and I was playing. Yeah. I played piano on that track. That's me playing piano. Really? <laughs> I played oh, piano God. on the track. It kept the fucking part. I overdubbed the guitar. Then David walked in the back door and saw there was a Jupiter 8 on the wall. And he started playing, you know, and that yeah, was yeah. just, we were, roll the tape, let's do this. You know, I had to write the bridge on the spot. Fuck, I don't have a bridge, you know. Okay, well, so then I'll do, let's do this. I wrote the bridge of uh, I Won't Hold You Back in the studio yeah, yeah. the day we were cutting it. Wow. I didn't have that. That was written on the date. 
I said, Hello? okay, I got it. And then David walked in and goes, I'll play it. Yeah. I said, good, you should play this. You guys cut it all over the guitar. And that's what happened. How long would it, on average, take you guys, for example, like something from Toto 4 or like that era, like to cut Rosanna, a track and cut a record? Rosanna was take two and never heard the song. Whoa. That was take two. That's how we did the whole record. Who's got a song today? That's how we did our first record. Well, you can't get better than Hold the Line anyway. I mean, you still listen Never to that track. Shit, Dave's got a new song. Let's do it. Did you ever throw stuff out, throw stuff back, or was it just coming so fast that? No, there was a, there were there was some stuff we chucked out. Some of it we revived, brought back to life. Yeah. On the box set, you know, we were able to insert a new chorus and yeah. still use Jeff's bass part and maybe change Mike's bass note on something like that on a melody so we could keep the original tracks from 1981. Yeah. And we were doing it in, you know, a few years back when we did the box set, like three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, I was playing with my 20 something year old self and, and we tried to, you know, hearing Jeff's count off. I mean, it was sad, bittersweet, you know, it was yeah. great and heartbreaking at the same time. You know? For sure. Two of the guys in the band aren't with us anymore, you know? Yeah, God bless them. Well, I mean, is Toto ever gonna tour again? Because well, they, Joe and I have a new version of it, you know. Um, yeah, and we have a, you know, we did a live stream, which was very, it was, you know, everybody wants to see it again. Yeah. We've been offered a DVD deal for it, you know, just as is, raw as it is, you know. That's the way. Sounds really good, but the, you know, the lights and the, and we're, you know, how do you fucking play in front of no people? It was really weird, you know. Yeah. At the end of the song, like you know, our family wearing the mask, yeah. shit, like <laughs> and Paige standing in the middle like this, going after he'd rehearsed the band for ten days with me, you know, like he was like back for club days, and then he got up and played on the last few songs. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, a little bit of history there, you know. So people nice. will get to see that. It was, you know, Joe mixed it, and or, you know, yeah. uh, this came or actually Ken Freeman and Joe. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's yeah, I'm just trying to keep my head up, man. Yeah, for sure. There's only hey, one. Man, I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to cut this short. I got another one coming in. Oh no worries. I mean, have I got I got only one '80s guy to name one? If you can do it in one sentence, yeah. what's what's your abiding memory of Michael Jackson? Great. Abiding memory. No, he was he was a first time he called me. I kept hanging up on him because I didn't believe it was yeah, him. Yeah that's in my book and all that shit but no michael was great he was really nice he used to come and hide at david page's house really just show up hiding yeah, from the press or like oh, okay what? hiding from the paparazzi or just like he just... Found, us, found us you know we were we, you know we worked on all thriller and shit like that he was a fan yeah, of the yeah. band and yeah, hey luke you know it's like you know come find my we were best we were not best friends or anything like that yeah, but yeah. you know time together and he was always great he was not really nice man real pro i got no weird michael jackson stories yeah for sure no i for certainly sure. didn't anything I and mean, he was always a pro and really on his game and really yeah, yeah. knew what you want and if you started dancing a certain way you knew you were in the pocket yeah, had it. it was fun to see like this guy two feet from me you know what I mean? yeah yeah for sure and then quincy sure. jones in the fucking room you know i'm not fucking playing for him you know, yeah. it's like, you know, and we came up with this part, and we came up with this part, I came up with the part for human nature, there was nothing there. Quincy that just goes, Quincy goes, you gotta give me something funky, man, I gotta get this on R&B radio. Because it was just a simple, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I came up with it, all that part on the spot, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
Well, sorry, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor speaking to you. Everybody yeah, man, who's... I'm sorry I got to cut you short. No, bro. no worries. No, no worries. All right, Everybody man, thank you very much. I'll see you. Have a good one. Yeah, bye-bye. Cheers, bye. Bye.